Welcome to Talking to Myself. I am Myra Kay, and I'm here with Hanky Quattro and Chocolate Chip. I am a 20-year communication professor who doesn't profess to know it all about communication, hence the name Talking to Myself, because trust me, I will walk right out of these doors and do everything wrong. So I'm not only talking to you about communication, but I'm talking to myself. So welcome to our second episode. I'm talking about my cultural upbringing. I'm not sure if I mentioned this last time, but my two co-hosts are also my sons. Um, one comes from one age group. He's 22 years old, almost 23. Yeah. And my second son is 15 years old, and he's still in high school. So we have a couple of different viewpoints that we're going to be using in this particular podcast. And, you know, they're not always going to be comfortable for me, but that's not what it's about. It's all about learning. It's all about sharing information and becoming much better communicators. So today we are talking about cultural upbringing and how it has affected our communication. So when we think about culture, what we're specifically talking about is culture as being this idea of sharing language, values, belief, traditions, and even culture. And when we think about it, again, we're thinking about something that is learned. You are not born with a culture. Sometimes we are taught a culture, and of course our culture can match our ethnicity because the people who are teaching us, teaching us our culture are also the same ethnicity that we are, but those things don't have to match. I mean, you can even think about, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, for instance. They adopted children from different cultures. I know, for instance, I know one for sure is from Cambodia, and another one I think is from Ethiopia. And when you think about those particular children, I mean, what do you think their culture is? Hank, what do you think their culture is? Um, I bet they have a culture of upbringing and culture of being like white. Yeah, not just white, but rich white. I mean, rich that's right. a different kind of white. Right? Totally different rich. Yeah, that's a different kind of white. So they're rich white, but their ethnicity is something totally different. So they can't just go roll back over to Cambodia and have that kind of existence. I mean, they have a totally different culture. So um, when I think about culture, I remember years and years ago, I had a student who came to class and she, she was so excited. She said, you know, hey, I, I found my birth father. She had been adopted and she was saying how she found her birth father and she found out that he was Mexican. And it answered a lot of questions for her because over time, she, you know, she always loved like a lot of Mexican traditions and she learned Spanish very easily and it never made sense to her. And then she found out her dad was, was Mexican. And I was intrigued by that, and I thought, you know, maybe I'm Mexican. You know, I, I, I like, I like, you know, tacos and Zumba. You know, maybe, maybe it's something like that in my in my background. So I started looking through it, and I got on Ancestry.com and started combing through it. And being black, that's not an easy thing to do because as many of it, or everyone knows that at some point you're going to hit a wall because black people, of course, came from Africa and we were slaves, and our records were not kept. So I looked for hours and hours and hours and I didn't find anything. And then finally I got lucky on my um, paternal side and my records went all the way back to Scotland. And I remember laughing like, what, Scotland? You know, what am I supposed to do now? You know, dress my kids in, you know, what's it called, kilts? You know, what, you, what am I supposed to eat? You know, all that kind of stuff. Because again, that is not my culture. That has nothing to do with what I know it's not even really my ethnicity. It could be my lineage. You know, it could have something to do with my background, perhaps, but it has nothing to do with my culture because I was not taught anything about it. 
It's not a part of my belief system. It's not, I know nothing about the traditions or the culture. But of course, I can be traced back to maybe having, you know, some kind of Scottish back, uh, Scottish blood, if you will, in my background. So what I was thinking, when I even had Hanky and Chocolate Chip over here think about how their cultural upbringing maybe shaped their communication. And so, you know, and I even thought about it too. I thought about some of the things that my mom did as she was raising me, had some of the things that she taught me as it relates to beliefs and traditions and cultures and how it has, how it's taught me to communicate. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, when I was growing up, my mom was a single mom and she did everything on her own. But the thing about doing everything on her own was that she never did everything right the first time. She always had to do it a second time. It was never right because she never asked anyone how to do anything. She just figured it out. So if the sink wasn't working, she would just go get some tools or go get some some pipes or something and just try to figure it out and it was never right. But then she would go back and try it again and again and then eventually it would be, it would be right. So of course watching this, watching her do this thing over and over and over was instilled in me and I be began to kind of do the same thing. And I didn't think about it until I was probably well into my 30s. I was had my own family, my own home. And I was in um, my, you know, in my room. And I was trying to take down this day bed. And it was killing me. I was scraping up my knees and shit. I was bleeding. And I was like, damn, I need some help. Why don't I just ask somebody for help? And that's when it hit me. I have a problem asking people for help. Because I never saw my mom ask anyone for help. She would do shit over and over and over. She would get it wrong. And she would just do it again and again and again until she got it right. But her life would have been so much easier, maybe, had she just asked someone, hey, how do you do this? Or could you help me with this? Or do you know someone who knows how to do this? But it took me well into my 30s to just, after I'd already been scraped up, bruised up, beat up, before I realized that I had a problem asking people to help me. And, and not just that, I'm gonna keep it real. I have a problem when people ask me for too much help. I mean, I'll help you, but damn it, I got a, I got a limit. You can't keep asking me for help because I have a tendency to think your ass is lazy if you keep on asking me to help you. And that's that was taught. That is something that I was taught based on my cultural upbringing. And that's reflected in my communication because yeah, I'll help you. But then after, the while, after a while, the way I communicate with you is going to change if I believe that you are lazy. Right. And I'm not gonna to continue to communicate with you if I, think you're, if I think that you think I'm lazy if I ask you for help. Right. So, you know, everyone who's listening, I did ask the boys to kind of think about this in advance. And, and you know, it, it may not be pretty because I'm their parent, right? And this might be some, they might bruise me up a little bit, okay? But that's all right, that's what this is about. And you know, they're, they're, they reflected on their own cultural upbringing and what they potentially learned or, or pulled out regarding their own communication. So what do you think? Hanky, you wanna go first? Yeah, I think uh, like my first one, I, I was just thinking about it like, I mean, growing up it's like, you know that you, you, when you go out, you're a representation of who you, your family and your upbringing and everything. So when you, when you leave the walls, and you go outside and it's like, okay, now I gotta represent myself in, in the utmost fashion. <clears throat> I think one of the ways, you know, just being black and, you know, just being with, with a black family at all times and black school and everything, um, 
one of the biggest things is like when you go out and you'll see somebody, it's like even the head nod. You know, you, you see a, you see a black person, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you give them that that head nod, like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, mm -hmm. you, you might not even know the person, but you you, you just you know what's up, like you know, getting that the obligatory nod. Yeah, there you go, yeah, you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think that was that's a huge one, just like automatically, and you know, so everybody doesn't get it, you know, everybody doesn't understand it, but uh, that's a huge one, I think. Just nonverbal, mm -hmm. nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so if you come from a family, well, this is just a question. If you come from a family who maybe doesn't, I mean, I guess, embrace quote unquote blackness in the same way that your family embraced blackness, do you think they would understand the obligatory nod, or do you have you seen black people who maybe when you nodded at them they didn't nod black back, and then when you kind of like. Well, I guess they have different yeah. kind of upbringing. Yeah, you know, it's, you, know you, you kind of catch it on. It's like it's like it's kind of awkward. Like you know, it's just like should I do it? Like they look at you like should I do it? Or you know, or they just walk past you. I mean, but the, it, that doesn't mean one thing or the other. But it's just like okay, it's just uh, it was just instilled in us that I mean you know just just speak like you know just to go out there and speak and say, hey, how's it going? Just, even if you don't know the person, just you know, just how it is. Like you know, I'm not sure who made that up, but I mean. Mm -hmm. it's, that it's just something that, you know, you bring on with yourself. Right. I ain't gonna lie to you now. If I see somebody black and I speak or I give them the, the eye or the obligatory nod, whatever the case may be, and they don't give me nothing back, I automatically, right, wrong, or indifferent, think, oh, we've been raised different. Oh, you you was on you on some you on some bullshit. You you not you're not black like me. You right. know, you're not on that same black level like me right. because uh, everybody black knows that when I look at you a certain way, you supposed to look back at me a certain kind of way. And if you don't give me that that certain look, you that's like you don't know the password. Right, and so right. you you not that same kind of black like I'm that same kind of black. <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a different kind of upbringing, you know, for sure. When you don't know about the look, you know, you know that's a different kind of upbringing. Yeah, you, know, you know, you look at me and kind of like that. He didn't say nothing to me. Right. He didn't say nothing to me. Like, right. You know, it's just you know you take it how you take it. Like you might not take it as a big issue. Like take it and, and move on with it, or you can be like. You know, that is what it is. It's a different upbringing, like. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Chocolate Chip, what you got? Um, especially in like the black community, we're told like what to do, like when we're pulled over by policemen. Mm -hmm. We're told to you know keep our hands on the steering wheel, to be polite, and even though you know some people may not do that, it's we might look at them like they're stupid in a way. Because we're kind of all told what to do. Mm -hmm. So when you don't follow the rules, it's kind of like, that's on you. It's still sad, but you can't do that because we were all told to do that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's how I view it by race. You know, it's interesting to me that, you know, again, that's a black thing and it's all about culture upbringing. And I reflect on even some of the completely all black activities you're involved in, like, the Alka Pals, which is associated with Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And one of the talks we had, we had a judge come in, and one of the main talks she had with the students was about what you do when you're stopped by the police. And that is not the kind of talk I think that white students have. You know, I don't think that's the kind of, you know, thing that is a part of their cultural upbringing. But as a black student, that's a given. Yeah. That's an automatic. It's, you know. a, it's a requirement. You need yeah. that. Like you need to understand like your rights and you know, when you when you, when you do leave like like I said, like when you do leave the walls and go on this outside world, understand that it's it's a, it's a totally different 
different ball games. You know, gotta bring your P's and Q's, and you know, you, it's a it's a totally different ball game, and that's good to understand and to 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 teach that awareness at a young age. So I feel like it's aware to all races, but I feel like it's more enforced towards black people. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody is taught that what to do, but like it's more talked about to black people because it's mostly happening to us okay okay so we have to really know it right. it's a it's right. a whole other kind of thing right. for us and we have to really understand what our rights are and we really have to adhere to it whereas other cultures may have a little bit of wiggle room and they might right. be able to slide but we don't get to slide as much and it might not happen to them in life because they might get away with it mm-hmm. but for us it's going to happen at some point rather than not be with the police make it happen in the store i've experienced that mm-hmm. so what happened to you in the store I had went to a Dollar General, and it was, I was with some of my friends before a football game, and we had went into the store, and this white woman had kept following us around, and I had a book bag on, and she had told me, you know, you can't have that book bag on, it's store protocol, but at the same time, it's cameras all around us, the store is not that big, you could see us, we were right in front of her, really. So... I mean, I could see being cautious of it, but the the fact that she followed us around the whole store and really was just, like, watching us like that, it gave off a vibe that she didn't really, you know. Trust yeah, you. Yeah, trust and, us. Yeah, right. and just based on who you, what you looked like, right. there was a whole other reason why right. she was following you. And again, it's and, and it wasn't like it was a surprise to you. It wasn't like you, you looked and you didn't notice that she was following you because based on your cultural upbringing, you knew that this could happen. Right. You know, this is right. the kind of thing that happens. It's a possibility. And, and don't be surprised if a person that looks like this follows you around the store because you look like this. You right. know, because that's the kind of thing that black people have to teach their kids, unfortunately. You know, it's the kind of thing that, you know, if you're a white mom, you don't have to have those kinds of talks with your white kids. Right. But black moms have to have those kinds of conversations with their kids. I remember... Um, Hanky really being really feeling torn about having to have that conversation with you around the same time Trayvon Martin was killed Uh and I remember you know because you reminded me a lot of Trayvon Martin he Uh he drank the same kind of little drink he drank Uh used to wear the hoodies and we about to have the same haircut about the same age and I remember just being really you know my heart just feeling torn but I knew that I had to tell you okay this is what it's about and Chippy, you the same, you were a lot younger that I had to have the talk because at that point, there was so much going on. We had the person who was shot and killed at Walmart right. for walking around. And, you know, it was at that point, there was so much violence against black men. I had to, to talk about it. I had to show you those YouTube videos. I had to show you what this what, what was going on around you because you I felt like you had to be aware. But it was not an easy thing for me to do. I didn't want to do it. At that time, I didn't want to do it at all. I didn't, you know, it wasn't something I was just looking forward to doing. But I felt like I had to do it to keep you safe. You had to be aware of it, you know, because it, it's a truth and it, it happens. And as a black mom, you don't have a choice, really. Right. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Well, I hope we have made you maybe think a little bit about your own cultural upbringing and how it has shaped your communication. And you know, as you go forth in your day, in your week, in your month. We are hoping that as you can continue to communicate with others in your life, in your family, in your workplace, wherever the case may be, we're hoping that you think about 
how that communication has come about and where in your life it was formed. Thank you and look, we look forward to you listening to our next episode.